Coyote Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Producer, DJ, and record label curator Harpoon is undeniably one of Australia's most prolific artists, occupying the house music space. Calling the Gold Coast Queensland his home, Ryan Harper, the name behind the profile, is dotting the map globally with his abundance of house and tech house signatures and a penchant for memorable vocals, securing 12 consecutive ARIA top 10 chart spots and two number ones. Harpoon is no stranger to the club and festival circuit, having toured all over Australia and carving up bull spots alongside Fisher, Low Stepper, Alderbrook, Calvin Harris and more while notably holding a residency at the late Ministry of Sound, Sydney, and currently at Australia's best day club, Cali Beach Club. Channeling high-energy performances laced with an irrefutable catalogue of music in the tank, Harpoon's sonic fingerprint continues to make its mark. Up next on Slipsvant, we've got Harpoon. Where do we find you in the world? What's happening in your life and how are you doing? Where can you find me in the world? You can find me in Gold Coast, Australia currently. That's where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, it's winter here, so gigs have slowed down a little bit. I really should be over in Europe <laughs> right now, but um, I'm not. So I'm in Australia and I'm just making music. I've just had a re-release of Punk Rocker with Sandy Tom, which was a huge track back in Australia. Uh, I think it was 17, maybe 19 years ago. It mm-hmm. was number one here in the Arias for 10 weeks straight. So just re-released that with a UK label called Get Together and it's sub-licensed to uh, Universal, which is Neon Records over here in Australia. It's it's doing pretty well. Um, had the, been on the television and Sandy did a, a live interview with uh, Channel 7 and uh, it's been on air with Kyle and Jack Yo, which is Australia's number one breakfast radio show. Okay. So it's it's slowly chipping away. It's getting in some big playlists, but we obviously, the more ears that it hits, the better. So we just need to, um, yeah, keep on pushing it. So that's how I found you, actually, through Sandy. So I interviewed those guys who are listening. I interviewed Sandy for the podcast a couple of weeks or a few weeks ago. And I saw the remix and I thought, okay, cool. Let's now interview you as another uh, artist. So I'm grateful for your time. Let's rewind to all the, uh, the very beginning. So at what age did you think, okay, cool. I want to be in the entertainment industry and your journey to where we are currently. Um, I got into it late, to be honest. I got into it um, when I was 18 years old at schoolies, it's called in Australia. So when you finish year 12 and finish school, everyone goes overseas or everyone actually comes to the Gold Coast where I live. So I used to be from a small country town. So everyone flies up to the Gold Coast and parties for two weeks straight and goes crazy. And that's basically the gist of it. But there's sometimes people get a bit too rowdy. So it's got a bit of a reputation. So back then, my parents didn't really want me coming up to to where I am now, the Gold Coast. So uh, me and my mates, we flew to Fiji instead for schoolies. And there was an island of like 400 people. And I had no experience with electronic music at all. I had no idea. Just used to listen to radio music the same eight to ten songs that they put on repeat and flog you with every day. So that's that was my extent of dance music. And I um I actually met a DJ on the island and became my best mate. I didn't know he was the DJ at the time and he and we were, we were at a party and he's like, Oh, I've got to leave, I've got to go jump on stage, I've got to go perform. And I was like, 
what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I've got a DJ for the island. And I was like, oh, no way. And I was like, can I come with you? So he let me come with him. And um, I went up on stage and um, I was, he let me touch the jog wheel and spin it back. And we're in front of like hundreds of people. And I think I'd really like the attention of just hundreds of people looking at you and stuff like that. Just um, love the feeling of that. So I um, pursued it when I got home. I bought some decks. Um, I asked him for a bit, a bit of music. He actually gave me like 30 songs or something to get me going. And then I was in a small country town. I just worked my way up doing house parties and to like pubs and into clubs and into just keep moving and then moving city to where I need to be. And it's all networking. It all comes down to who you know in this industry. So it's all about, um, yeah, getting out, meeting people and, and driving long, long hours and flying across countries to meet with people. So that's, um, yeah, it's probably been about a 10 year journey now, but what is it? Slowly but surely we're, yeah. we're getting somewhere, <laughs> but we're still, I still feel like we're just at the beginning, to be honest. You know, I'm giggling because I, I feel the same sometimes when I'm like, why am I not further than I am? And why is it not happening quicker? <laughs> Yeah. It's just a, another reminder because I'm often a person who gets impatient. So you just thank you for reminding me to be patient because sometimes I'm like, I was feeling it this morning. It's like, we need to get going faster. <laughs> and yeah, you, we obviously needed to there's, chat just for you to give me that message today. <laughs> there's a rule. There's a rule. What is it? It takes 10 years to blow up overnight. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually haven't heard that. So <laughs> haven't you heard that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone that blows up overnight, they think it happens magically, but there's 10 years to blow up in one night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why the name Harpoon? Uh, my last name's Harper. So okay. I um I wanted it to be do uh, something to do with my name, but something that people couldn't like find me from, if that makes sense. It's tied in with the name, but you can't really find me from that. <laughs> okay, okay. And there's nothing specific about that word Harpoon. It was just related to your surname. Yeah, Harper is my last name. So I was just yeah. trying to, I was like, could have just been harp, but I was like, that's a bit cringe, just like a musical instrument. So I was like, and then, then that would have been misconceiving because people would have thought, okay, it's going to be classical music now and not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's going to be on stage with a harp. <laughs> <laughs> Your DJing and production. So do you also produce tracks or just do remixing or combination of both? Oh, I do a combination of both. Yeah. Oh. I mainly do my own production. I really like finding vocalists and making songs that will stand um, the length of time. I don't, there's like fads in my industry where it's called, you know, like tech house and house, which I do play a lot of, but they don't have vocals or they don't have a memorable part to the song. So mm-hmm. in 10 years time, you probably won't be able to recall the name of the song. Whereas I like to specifically search the internet far and wide on Instagram, Spotify and find artists to collaborate with. So I like, reaching out to artists and, and making my own original tracks rather than using samples that everyone can get from a um, like a splice or mm. an, a, a sample packs and stuff like that. So there's many people have heard the same vocal used in 10 different songs, whereas I like it to be completely original. Um, I do do remixes. However, I have to have a connection with the vocal or something instrumental that I feel like I can work with. If I've been like sent heaps of uh, remix requests, I've only done like, three i think just because i had to like the vocal some of them are really cheesy and cringy um (laughs) as for punk rocker yeah it's basically a whole brand new song it's nothing it's not even really classified as a remix we re-released it as an original because we like went and re-recorded sandy's vocals from scratch so there's actually nothing original of from the original in the new version besides the actual lyrics are the same words so 
the everything's brand new. There's not even a single thing. But yeah, combination of the both. When you are producing an original song, do you also write the lyrics as well? Are you com- uh, involved in that process? Uh, I'm usually not. I'm actually a terrible songwriter. I've actually like tried my best, and I always end up sounding like a nursery rhyme because I always <laughs> just like trying to I'm trying to rhyme the last word of every sentence. Yes. Um. I usually just write. I how I normally write. I'll grab a popular acapella from another song i'll remix it like write all new music around a really good acapella and then take turn that off and then just send my music to a singer and that i really want to work with and let them usually have the the uh, creative freedom of that because that's what i I guess they've they've been doing along their whole life so i let them have that and then sometimes i have a goodie i know what's good though like i know what sounds good so if they send something back i'm very like okay I love everything you've done. Maybe these three words could be changed to something else or the hooky, the hook isn't and the chorus isn't hooky enough. It isn't catchy enough. Let's have another go at it. That's basically what I'll do to an extent. I've actually been playing around with some AI stuff lately as it's been coming out though. So you can actually put in, like I have ideas and concepts for songs, but I don't know how to like word it. So sometimes it's really cool. You can actually put in your idea into AI and try and get it to like help you write. Like it's almost like writing a poem. Well, music basically is a poem at the end of the day. It's just poetry, poetry with music behind it. So you can actually get ideas from AI to help you write if you're someone like me. And then you can send your bass idea to a singer and then they can be like, okay, that's a bit cringy. Like let's, let's make it a bit more human, you know? So that's something I've been just, just experimenting with only as, as of like the last month. I find AI. Do you ever collaborate with the artists in the room or do you always pre-create what you have and then send the track to them and then in that process? Or is it a combination of both? A uh, combination of both. Normally, mm. I'll make it on my own and send it to them. When I was in London recently, it was a lot more just producing together in the room. But I'm not a fast producer. No, I'm like more of a perfectionist i guess so some people are like could really smack out a track maybe in a couple of days i can do that with my remixes when they're already as a vocal and i find it easy and i'm inspired and ready to go but when you're starting from scratch it's really hard to just come up with magic on the spots and then you sometimes you're in the in the room like just writing the lyrics sometimes takes a day and getting the vocals recorded takes a day so if you haven't got any music there ready for them to sing on it's extremely hard to do it all in the one day so i find having something already made it doesn't it doesn't even matter if that's any of that gets used sometimes you can just record the vocal to that as a as an instrumental bed and then once you've got their rec- like recorded vocal you can comp that all together make it a really nice finished vocal and then you can come back to the studio by yourself for the next however long it takes you and rewrite all new music to that vocal which is how i like to work just because i'm yeah simply not that quick <laughs> so when you say not quick what is the definition of that is it like a couple of weeks or how, yeah how long? it all de- it all depends i guess um i'd say two weeks okay. two weeks is like not quick. I, I'd like that's comparing myself to like artists like I've seen. Who could I say? Disclosure. If you know Disclosure, mm-hmm. they um they did a lot of live streams and stuff in COVID. And his name is Guy, the main person in Disclosure, and he can just whip make a finished track start to finish in probably three or four hours. And they always sound like bangers, like radio ready, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're they're like musically trained since they were like little kids and stuff. I think both their parents were musicians. So where I didn't have that luxury, I started late and I didn't really actually do any instrumental. I didn't do any um, instruments when I was younger. So 
I wish I could turn back time and just have that musical knowledge and have just done a lot of music so you could just jump on an instrument and play, but whereas I have to play it all in on the on the um on the notes on the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Drawing the MIDI notes. So when you say you're a perfectionist, what does that mean for you? Is it like you're hard on yourself to get it right in your mind or explain further? Perfection. I, I try and get it like I reference tracks that I want to uh, for it to be like this track, Punk Rocker, was referenced up against Joel Corey's track Head and Heart, I think I used as a reference because mm-hmm. it's one of the biggest tracks in the world, like 200 and. 60 million streams i think so for me i i a and b the tracks a lot making sure that the bass and the drums and everything is up to scratch with those artists because i want to be touring and playing the shows that artists like joel is so for me to be doing that the music needs to be at a certain standard so it can be sound matched and sound as well on a, on a large scale on festival speakers and whatnot and even on radio to get on radio the quality has to be there so I matched up to their tracks, A, B, it constantly, and and you don't release it until it's done. And you might play it out a couple of times. Arrangement in the track is a big one as well. So you can, this track actually took quite a while to arrange. And actually the label head of um, the UK label really helped me with the arrangement of this one because he actually, I think, uh, used to be the head of Warner and head of dance for Warner music in the UK. So he really knows like what works streaming wise. The, there's a bit of a formula to, you know, like verse chorus bang. And then you have like a 15 second, mm-hmm. uh, second verse. And then it's like a 30 second drop. And then it's, it's all very, there's a formula and it, and the formula is actually getting shorter due to TikTok and yes. other, uh, other um, platforms. People's attention spans are really shot to shit. Yes. And <laughs> like, you can't even like go on to the days where you could play a song out for like four minutes on a dance floor now, like nearly at like most nightclubs, you've got to mix out after the first drop, which is super annoying because people's attention spans, they start like looking at the ceiling and yeah. you're like, hey, or take hey, their phone, hey, taking their a- phones out and like, yeah, Whatever. exactly. Like, we've got another drop coming. Like, let's not lose. <laughs> no, it's totally. And I actually meant, I was discussing this um, a couple of weeks ago with colleagues and friends of mine. I was like, because I, you know, I'm very much, I've been following the music since I was little, following the charts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. With the new releases that are coming out, especially this year, the songs, they're from two minutes 30 to two minutes 50, where they used to be like three minutes to four minutes, as you said. And it's like, they're so short. Why they're so short? And they realize because people kind of keep attention more than t- 10 seconds, which is so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's there's two factors. It's it's that. It's the attention span. And it's also a marketing point of view. I think labels have also caught on that short of the song, people really like the song. You want to listen to it again. So you get double the streams, double the income. So it's all a, oh. another, another way. So it's like, oh, I really like that song. I'll listen to it again. So rather than getting one million streams, you might get two million streams. And that's another $7,000 in revenue. So. <laughs> okay. Let's, speaking about streams, this, I have, I love having this discussion with artists and producers and DJs and so forth. Back in the day, there were CDs, there were cassettes, there were vinyls. Those are all making a massive comeback. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, last year, vinyls alone in the UK sold 5.5 million, the most since 1990. CDs are coming back, cassettes, et cetera, et cetera. But we've also got these streaming platforms. I love me a CD. I love holding something. It's the aesthetic of the booklet, the pages, the art. And for me, it's an energy exchange to say thank you to you guys for all the hard work and creativity that you guys do. So what are your thoughts around physical versus streaming and where and how people consume music at this stage? 
Yeah, I think that's an interesting one. I had no idea about the like the statistics of um what you just said about mm. records and CDs and cassettes coming back. I do feel like for what I've seen in Australia, there's people we call them indies, sort of like individual. They're trying to be like really cool and they wear different clothes and whatever. <laughs> so there's a lot of those type of people I see, and it's like it's cool to have an old record player and some like, you know, some greenery in your room and you look like really <laughs> like you're in touch with life and you, you wake up and you do your get ready morning with me videos and they pull out a record and they put it on, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think there could be a lot of that in terms of what I've seen in Australia. People like to do like, I think it comes in cycles, you know, like a brand of shoe will be in style mm. for a bit and then it'll go out and will come back. So I feel like it's cool now to be seen using retro type like older type forms of listening to music and it just come it's coming back into style for me i think a lot of people listen to spotify i know in australia for example not many people use apple and the people who do use okay. apple are sort of like middle middle-aged sort of women like mothers and stuff like okay, that that's interesting um most of the young the younger demographic are all on Spotify. Okay. Um, I think America is highly Apple, a bit more Apple than Spotify. You do get more money for Apple. Actually, I think it's nearly double the money from Apple, for like for the same amount of streams. If you have a million oh. Spotify streams or a million Apple streams, I think you get double the amount of revenue. Why is that? I'm not sure why it is, but I know that the playlists are, are really terrible in Apple. So that's, that's why it's really hard to make them. Like, you know, Spotify has so many playlists um that are really nicely generated whereas like the interface on apple there's not like a, a really like a, a streamable friendly interface to to stream it's it's not very user friendly i okay. don't feel like yeah i think yeah it's interesting though what you said i love this game i know if i had to ask you this game this question in three minutes three hours 30 minutes three days i recognize i understand your answer will be different every single time i ask you this i'm not necessarily saying favorite but if you had to push play to five songs by other artists once we've finished this conversation what would those five songs be and by whom okay number one being the most favorite uh would be seven wonders by fleetwood mac like my all-time favorite song there's a melody at the start and it's like dun, 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 and it comes in i just like lay back and close your eyes and just <laughs> you're in heaven uh what else is another four tracks that's just my favorite track from all time i really love um brian adams oh, these are not even dance tracks but these yeah. are just like actual okay. songs um, let me just find it i actually reached out to brian adams manager the other day <laughs> um to see if i could do a remake of this track um when you're gone by brian adams oh is that the one so, with mel c as well uh, i'm just in the credits i think it's just him okay just look l yeah it's just oh no melanie c is that who you said yeah mel c so i think when you're gone is yeah. brian adams and mel c yeah yeah yeah, yeah it is that one baby yeah. when you're gone yeah yes. that one <laughs> yeah yeah. I know, that I'm with you. yeah that's a cool track yes yeah so that's two. Oh, i really love rufus like an animal Yes. That was one that was some one of my tracks is um highly referenced off that. Another dance track I love would be Gorgon City Ready for Your Love. Mm-hmm. And what's my fifth track? Hmm. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> you put me on the spot. Uh, I need to go through my Spotify likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just stick with those four until I can come back to you, maybe. I haven't uh do you know what? I'll add mine in there, punk rocker. How about that? There we go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, 
what are the plans? What's moving forward? What's ahead? You mentioned you reached out to Brian's team. Do you have any other collaborations, productions coming out in the near future? Yeah, I have quite a few originals already ready to go. I probably have the next three or four singles done. The thing I find the hardest being an individual, like an indie artist, mm-hmm. um, I'm not signed to any majors or anything like that. So I can pick and choose. I've been signing with labels that are quite credible, like the one that punk rock is on, which is get together and, and neon and stuff like that. I don't want to be signed into a big long term contract as such because I've heard, you know, a lot of artists, there's some actual stories where you can get caught in these contracts and, mm-hmm. um, they, you might, you know, if you do a three song deal, you have, you've released two and then I've heard of stories where you know the artist and the and the label have a falling out they don't see eye to eye and they keep sending their last single to get approved from the label and the label keeps saying no 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 and they just keep saying no and they can't release with another label until that song so they just won't accept the last song oh my god and they'll send their careers being like on hold for three years and not put a song out and so they've had to rebrand under a new name for me it's really hard because to give every song an opportunity to do what you want it to do, you have to actually spend a lot of money. Yes. And over the years now, I've realized what territories you need to be hitting and what radio campaigns, Spotify campaigns, you need to be doing all this stuff. And even just at a small level, you probably need to spend $6,000 to make a song just do the bare minimum. Mm. So for me, I actually lose money by releasing a track. So it's really hard for me to, like, I could put all the tracks out now, but they're just going to flop. So it's like, you really need to have, you need to save up your pennies being an indie to put them out yeah, and then back them financially yourself. And then it's sort of like the lottery ticket. You just hope people jump on board and you hope you cover your costs with like recoup your, what you've spent and mm. then some. So that's the, I guess the, the, positive with signing to a label is that they front the costs but then it's also you don't get the big payoff as well if it does do well they make all the money and you get nothing so (laughs) you're basically screwed from every angle (laughs) in terms of um what i need to be doing i need to actually move overseas i'm i'm planning to yeah just save up yeah just save up as much money as i can because i need to move to another country where i can be in situations where i can i can get bigger as an artist Australia is very small and out of the loop. I need to be over in Europe or America mm-hmm. or um, yeah, or the UK where I can be in front of bigger shows over here. We're a bit behind the times, probably whatever's trending overseas. We're about okay. five years behind the times. Oh, really? <laughs> so whatever's, yeah, we're just like, oh, they'll be like, oh, that song's mad. And you're like, yeah, that was out like a year ago. Like I've been playing that for a year and you guys wouldn't dance to it. And now it's finally on the radio here. And then they'll yeah, be yeah. like, oh, this is the best song ever. That's interesting. So okay. it's just very small here. It's very hard. And all the big artists that do actually get big here, they move straight overseas and then they um they don't come back. They might come back and do one or two festivals, like the main big ones, and then they won't do any club shows and they'll just stay over there because that's where the money is. It's where yep. the people are, the population's over there. So for me at the moment, I just need to financially set myself so I can move because everything is quite expensive these days. And for me, I would want to move with the intent that I could just start making music. I wouldn't want to move to another country and then be having to work a bar job five days a week. And then I'm like, I've just moved to another country to work a normal job and I'm not actually doing music. So I want to save up like, you know, 30 or 40 grand and then move and then just be like, sweet, I can have six months to a year of just like not worrying and just making music. Yes. And investing in that energy because it's your passion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. The joys of the industry. eh? (laughs) (laughs) But they say, I don't know who they are. They, whoever we always reference, 
They always say that if you're in your passion and it's your whatever, the money will come. So that's yeah. put that up for both of us. <laughs> so the podcast is listened to throughout the world. As a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? And to anyone listening, I think even if it's not music related, I think you should get out there and chase your dreams. And the only way to make that happen is to put yourself out there. You've got to spend money to back yourself. Um, put yourself in certain situations where you can achieve what you want. You, I think most people don't even know what they want for a start. I think you need to really analyze like what you want in life, where you want to go, sit yep. down, write it on a piece of paper, work backwards from there, a series of steps of how you're going to get to where you want to be once you know what that is, and then put yourself in certain situations. For me, for example, of um, getting the collaboration with Sandy, it was actually from working with another artist I really loved and being in contact with his manager. And we just used to have phone calls every now and then because we became friends over a a different song deal. And he's like, by the way, I used to manage this artist. Bang, that was it. And we're just on a phone call. And he's like, I could link you up and see whatever happens. And me and Sandy had a phone call and bang, and that's how it happens. So it's it's always about networking. Mm. Um, But but you've got to put yourself in certain situations where those opportunities can present themselves. So, um, yeah, anyone out there, go for it. Keep hustling. That's what I'll be doing. Uh, (laughs) And um, yeah, go stream Punk Rocker.